This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play Doctor Online, and the tooth is out there. Uh, there meaning it's out of my mouth and on a shelf in my uh, room at my house. Uh, that's the tooth. I, I talked about it last on the last show. Uh, I, this tooth that was uh, starting to give me such problems. Uh, it was some years ago, four years ago, five years ago, pre-pandemic. Uh, this tooth in the lower part of my mouth, the very back tooth, filling cracked off. A little bit of it came off. And the tooth in front of that tooth had a little crack come off of that one, too. So those two teeth were were broken. And they didn't hurt. wasn't doing anything. And I d- wasn't, uh, it wasn't that urgent to go take care of it because I knew what the dentist would tell me. You need to do a crown. Yeah, well, my insurance doesn't cover crowns. Which, by the way, I need to correct a mistake that I made last week. It was just some, I misspoke. I said uh, I said uh, that my insurance didn't cover root canals and root canals in the back of my mouth. I meant to say doesn't cover crowns and root canals at the teeth in the back of my mouth. That's whatever. So that's what I meant to say. I think I did clarify it later. You know, but when I listened back to the show, I was like, ah, crap, misspoke. Those happen. This misspeakings, they happen because, you know, do a lot of talking in an hour and you're bound to misspeak every now and then. Anyway, <clears throat> so my insurance does not cover crowns and it does not cover root canals. So I was not in any kind of hurry to get to the dentist to take care of it because it wasn't hurting. And that's how it remained for quite a while. Until March 28th of this year. How do I know it was March 28th of this year? Well, I took a picture of the filling that was the rest of the filling in that back tooth that had come out that day. I took a picture of it, and I went back and checked, and I saw the date on it. It says, oh, yeah, the rest of the filling came out on March 28th. It didn't, you know, it was just, well, there's this big hole in my tooth now. Uh, Otherwise, it it wasn't bothering me, and I I thought, well, I'm probably going to have to do something about this soon. And within a week or two, it started to hurt. And Tylenol took care of it. And I was able to just move along and said, okay, well, you know, my office uh, co-worker was out on tour with his band. I thought, well, let's wait. Hopefully I can last until he comes back because I don't want to be taking a day off while this is going on, you know, and I'll, uh, uh, while he's gone and all that. I, I did have to take three days off while he was gone because my wife fell and broke her shoulder, but that's a story I've already told. But anyway, <clears throat> so I thought, you know, okay, I'll just, I'll, I'll wait. Well, the pain got to be really bad, which I told you last week. Oh, God, it got, it got bad. It got bad. I went through all that. Went to the dentist, finally, and they checked, and they said, yep, yeah, um, you need a crown and a root canal. 
well, I can't, insurance doesn't cover that. And they said, yeah, we know. So, you know, you're going to have to pull it. So, pull. So did they pull it that day? No, they didn't pull it that day. They had me come back in a, another six days to pull it. Now, while I was waiting for that first uh, uh, dentist appointment, I did get two prescriptions for antibiotics. Remember, I told you about that last week. Make sure you take the whole course of your antibiotic prescription. Don't stop short. Take the whole course. And I had two of them, and one of them just left this terrible bitter taste in my mouth. And it, the two together, you know, are, it's kind of messed with my, you know, my guts. Yeah, my pooping schedule was a little weird. Just, you know, I know, too much information, but that's how it was. That's how the show is sometimes. So, got past that, got to that, that uh, and my tooth was a little easier to control the pain with uh, ibuprofen and Tylenol, uh, and went to see the dentist. They said, yep, we're going to have to pull it out. So, they scheduled me to pull it out uh, the following Tuesday, which was the past Tuesday as I record this show. So, in I went uh, uh, to, for my appointment. They get me in the chair. And they do this thing. Now, I don't remember them doing this you know, like 20 years ago when this, I had another tooth pulled out of my, my head uh, that had gone bad. I, I, I did put a crown on that one. And a week after the crown got on there, it abscessed. And I needed a root canal. And I said, I can't afford, I, it's, I couldn't afford the crown really. I can't afford to double the price and get the, get the root canal. So you have to pull it. Yeah. I don't recall them doing. Uh, a blood pressure check but that is something that they do and I guess they've done it for a while um, but so all right so they get me in the chair I'm gonna check my blood pressure well you may know this about me I do have high blood pressure I wonder why <laughs> highly strong nervous about everything and anxious and worry and all that of course I got high blood pressure I don't get bothered by things that are picky and little pedantic things you know <laughs> yeah I got high blood pressure anyway I do take meds for it. It's pretty well controlled, so, you know, anyway. But that day, and this is usually the case for me when I go into a medical procedure kind of thing, my blood pressure comes up a little bit. I also took my meds a little later that day than I normally would because I took the whole day off of work, and I got up later, and I remembered to take my prescription about, you know, a little, little more than an hour before I had my appointment. So, oh, crap, take your prescription, you know, take my, my regular meds. Anyway, so I got out there. They put the cuff on my right bicep. And it's a little, little automatic machine that they can just set next to you on your on the reclining dentist chair that I was sitting in. I was in a reclined position. And I'm doing the things that I know to do to help calm me and lower my blood pressure. I'm breathing, breathing in and out slowly, in through the nose, out through the mouth. You know, just kind of and telling myself, you know, calm down. You're going to be fine. They're professionals. They know what they're doing. You're going to get through this. Don't worry about it. And I was doing that, you know, close my eyes, try to relax, I, or I'd open up and look outside the window that was down at the, at the foot of my uh, the, the recliner I was in. Then there's a tree blowing in the breeze, there's uh, clouds going by, and traffic on the busy road that's, that's alongside this place. I was watching all that, and I'm trying to uh, calm down. They take the blood pressure. First reading was 168 over 104. That's high. <laughs> That's high. <laughs> that's a uh, That's high. And they said, "Well, that's a little high. We're going to try it again. Just relax for a couple minutes. We'll give it give it another shot." And so I did. And I kept doing the calming stuff and kept, you know, they shot they did it again. Uh, and it was like 157 over 105. Now the top number came down a little, 
bottom number went up just a touch. Uh, it's the bottom number is the more distressing of the two. If that's really high, that's 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 more distressing. Although both numbers are distressing if they're high, but that the bottom one seems to be more of a uh, more of a, uh, a thing to worry about. Although you should be concerned about both and keeping them in a good range. So 120 over 80, more lower if you can. Okay, so. Um, they said, oh, don't, don't worry, we're going to try it again. This time we're going to use a different device. So they went and got this other one in that goes around my wrist. And so they get that in place. And because I'm already in a reclining position, it's easy just to stay. They take my hand. They say, okay, now you hold, you just lay your hand over your heart and, and let the, the thing do its thing. So it did. And then the third reading was coming down. I can't remember what the number was, but it was coming down. But it still wasn't quite there yet. And again, it was, okay, let's try to rest. We can give it another couple minutes, see if we can get you resting. You know, and I did the same thing I was doing. Calm, calm, be, you know, breathe. You're all going to be okay. You're a, you're a human being on a planet that is in a dangerous environment. <laughs> I, I calm myself. Fourth reading was the charm. It got me down to 140 over 91 I think it was which is high that's the you know the range my doctors told me if I see that at my resting rate when I'm at home checking my blood pressure which I can do uh, if you see if I start seeing 140 over 90 uh, at regularly uh, that's to, that's that's get back here and we're gonna readjust your medications and whatever so so that's still so that's on the high end but it's not as devastating as the first number was and they could work with that so the dentist comes in and she gets my she does the uh, surface numbing for the mouth uh, so be, to get it prepared for the, the the novocaine shot which i'm not sure if dentists still use novocaine or not I, years ago a dentist told me that they don't use novocaine they use this other thing with a cane at the end i i think but whatever a numbing agent and this is applied with a huge syringe. It's like three feet long. It's like three, you know, two people have to man the damn thing. And the needle goes so far into your head. No, no, it's not that big, but it's big. It's like it, it, when you consider, you know, like when you get the vaccine for, for the flu shot uh, or, or the, for COVID, which you are getting your flu shots and COVID vaccines, right? You're getting those. You're getting a flu shot each year, aren't you? You should. Even if you're young and swinging, no, no time to think about tomorrow, you should still be getting a flu shot every winter, you know, every flu season at the, at the beginning of it. You should be doing that because it helps you. It helps the people around you. It's a good idea. Anyway, because the flu kills people as well as COVID, and you should get that shot if you haven't already. So anyway, the needle of that comes in, the, the syringe for that, that's nothing but this thing, you know, so it's three pokes in my mouth with that. I get through that, and the numbing starts happening right away, and then I lay, they, they, they say, okay, we're going to let the uh, let the thing get good and numb, so we'll be back in a bit. Well, I was there for like 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. I'm beginning to think, did they forget I'm here? Well, eventually they came in. And they got to work on me. And she's, uh, you know, she's got the little tool and she's pulling away at it. And she was, she was very good. She was very good and she was very nice and very comforting. And she was very uh, um, encouraging of her dental assistant. She said, I need suction right there. Oh, that's very good. Good job right there. Oh, that's great. You know, she was doing that kind of stuff with her. And then she'd ask me, are you good? And I'd say, so far. You know, they understand what that means. I said, so far. Uh, um, you know, because they understand, you know, 
I think that's a class that dentists take in order to become dentists. So to understand people when they talk with their mouths open and with tubes and and hands and, and all kinds of stuff in their mouth. I, it must be a course they take. So anyway, she, so she, I was doing okay. And uh, the tooth was coming up and she said, oh, you've got long roots. <laughs> and so the tooth come up a little bit. She says, yep, we're going to have to section it, which means they, they, they cut it. And so she get a little drill tool out and they cut the top part of it off. And uh, that comes off, and then uh, then they pull it up a little more so that they can get in between the two roots and cut that off. And then they take the front part of the root out, and then they took the other part of the root out, and the tooth is out. So, oh. and I, I'd like to say it was instant relief, although the Novocaine uh, or whatever they put in there, I was I was I was having you know a little soreness in my mouth from the from the nerve being exposed. It's it just something I was getting used to, and it was controlling with. The, you know, Tylenol ibuprofen, but it, there was always a little bit of soreness there. It was always at a level two or three, you know, in, in the mouth. It was never at zero. Um, um, once it once it got to that really bad point, it never got back to zero. And it's I'm still not at zero at this point. I have soreness in that area, which is just to be expected because the tooth is pulled out. Hopefully, I don't get what they call a dry socket. Uh, and Amy had one of those when she had a tooth pulled, and she says, "Yeah, it's pretty painful. Not as bad as the tooth pain, but it is pretty painful." So, so I'm still, you know, they, they say you won't take Tylenol, ibuprofen. They said alternate it. You know, first, first you take some Tylenol, and then later you take some ibuprofen. And you go back and forth, and that way your your system isn't getting too screwed up, I guess. And <laughs> when I got home, I got a call from them saying, oh, "We want to set you up for a prescription." that'll help you heal uh, better. And I said, okay. So they got my pharmacy information, all that. Next day I went and picked up the prescription and it's another antibiotic. It's not the one, it's one of the ones that I took before, but it's not the one that had left the real bitter, bitter taste in my mouth. So now I have another, uh, how many, you know, until next Wednesday, I'll be taking antibiotics. So that means no alcohol, which is not a big deal. Don't get me wrong, it's not a big deal. But last night, Friday night, I really wanted a beer. And I was like, no, nah, I can't have a beer. I'm taking this. Because you don't want to, antibiotics and alcohol, not a good mix. You can either get you know, sick or maybe really drunk. I don't know. It's just I didn't want to deal with it. My dad, years ago, on a 4th of July weekend, on 4th of July with families getting together, my dad uh, was on some antibiotic from something, maybe a dental thing that he had done, whatever he had, he was on an antibiotic, and he and my Uncle Jack were out, and they were drinking, day drinking, and they came to pick up my younger brother, Steve, and I to take us to the family thing. Mom was staying home. She was pissed at Dad because he was drinking, <laughs> and he was not behaving properly. The drive we went on, going to that family uh, 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 get-together, curvy road, just woo, woo, dad's driving real fast and going around it. And my, and my dad and my uncle are up there laughing. <laughs> my brother Steve and I are holding on to each other for dear life. And dad was, oh, he, uh, he was, he was, in, he was as drunk as I'd ever seen him. And he, you know, he was, uh, uh, he had, he was blackout drunk. He did not realize what was going on at some point. And he, you know, we, we got us home safely. He had stopped drinking at some point and started pounding coffee. My uncle, Pal, uh, was 
pouring coffee into him and pouring coffee into him and pouring coffee into him. And I'm standing, I was like, I don't know, 16 or something at the time, or 17. And I'm thinking, am I going to be able to drive dad? You know, because I didn't have my, I, I didn't know how to drive then. Didn't have my license. Didn't have, you know, didn't even have a permit. And it's like, I, am I going to be able to drive us home? I don't, I've never driven a car. <laughs> dad got us home. Never did he ever get that kind of drunk ever again after that. I think that really scared him. And he, you know, his behavior changed. But, ooh, boy. So that was mixing antibiotics and alcohol. And that's that's what happened to him in that time. So, ooh, boy. Anyway. So, yeah. I get to be on antibiotics again. Hopefully it doesn't. So far, I haven't had the same reaction as I was having the last time. But I was on two different antibiotics then. Now I'm just on the one. And, again, it's not the one that tastes really, really, really bitter. Ugh, oh, that bitter one was just, oh, God. All right, that's caught you up on the tooth, the whole tooth, and okay, I've already made, you know, tooth truth joke. Let's let's move on. In fact, I will go to my break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I will be back, um, you know, in a couple minutes, something like that, maybe three. I'm not sure. I'll be back. Listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jen, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. If this station's not your cup of tea, then drink coffee! 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 Drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. Thought you might say that. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I am once again 
recording the show from the basement of Nostalgia Zone. That's right, I'm going to do the commercial for Nostalgia Zone, but I'm also going to do one of these. It's time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Well, I'll tell you what they got wrong, and who got it wrong, and it was me. <laughs> I had a pedantic, jerk-ass friend of mine. Oh, I'm sorry, jerk-face friend of mine. He's not a jerk-ass. He's a jerk-face. Uh, he uh, pointed out that a couple shows ago, when I talked about the membership you can get here at Nostalgia Zone, you there's, there's a, added benefits to things. Now, I'm going to try and not make this little bit of a talk here too dry for non-comic book collectors. I'm going to try. Let's see if I am able to. All right. Now, I work at Nostalgia Zone. It's a comic book store in Minneapolis. You can go to our website. It's NostalgiaZone.com. You can become a member of our membership, which I like to think of as a spaceship. And you will save 10% on your purchases. There are also other added benefits to being a member because you can save even more uh, on certain comic books uh, if those comic books are hang around the store for a while. And see, that's where I got something wrong. Because I made it sound like, this is, and a friend pointed out to me, that you would save 90% on a comic book. Yeah, they, and then I said, well, yeah, then I suppose with the 10% that you get as a member, that's 100%. Not true. That's not how it works. Now, I'm going to say it outright, but I'm going to have to kind of set this up. Here at Nostalgia Zone, we deal with uh, uh, back issues. Uh, we don't get the new comic books as they come out. We generally get newer books, like, you know, like the books that come out today might show up on our shelves in like two or three years. It just depends on when people bring in their collections to sell or trade, or whatever they do. So, okay, we do back issues, and we've got issues, you know, going back to Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age, Modern Age. Now, we're mainly Silver Age up to Modern Age. We do have Golden Age stuff. Now, what does that mean? I had a friend ask that. Well, in comic books, we split certain eras of the history of comic books into ages, Golden Age being the first, starts in 1938, maybe 1937, goes through to 1955 after 1955 uh, from 1956 then to 1969 that's the silver age 1970 to 1985 is bronze age and modern age as far as we're concerned is any comic book that comes out from 1986 to today okay so that's you know, even though there are some age you know online and other ways that where they've broken up that time period from 1986 to today there's a break in there somewhere where they call it a different age, and I can't remember what it is. I don't know, stainless steel age or something. So, um, let's see. Uh, so, we we have three categories of uh, comic books here in the store. There's reader copies, collector copies, and modern catalog copies. The reader and collector copies are all condition graded not graded to the point where they're in those plastic slabs collectors know what that means you know there's a there's companies out there that you send your comic book out to they look it over professionally put a grade to it put it in a plastic slab so you can never read your comic book again but it gets that imprimatur of whatever grade they put on it you know 
that's uh, that's that's good for if you're deciding to sell your, especially your very valuable books. If you're deciding to sell them, if you get them graded like that and get them slabbed and you put them out there to sell, it, you're you're likely to get a better price than if you were selling the book raw, okay, naked. Um, so reader copies are lower grade copies. Lower grade being poor at the lowest end to very good fine. That's that's sort of mid range in level of grading in comic books. So that's what we consider reader copies. Those are the books that you don't mind picking up and reading because you don't. They're not perfect condition. You you're not gonna you know, be too worried if you if it if you if you if they're not kept pristine. Then there's the collector copies. They go from fine up to near mint here at the store. We we go fine to near mint. There is near mint plus, and then there's mint, uh, or there's and there's near mint mint. You know there are, there are those categories up there. But we cut off at near mint, which uh, on the numbering scale is a nine point four. You know you don't have to. You know, there's not going to be a test on this. So we cut off there. I've asked the boss one time, why don't we have, you know, near mint mint? Why don't we have near mint plus? Why don't we have mint? And he says, says to me, nobody's perfect. He doesn't believe that there are comic books that are that good. So he cuts off at the 9.4 near mint. All right, so that's collector copies. All of our readers and collector copies have been individually graded and individually priced. But then there's modern catalog, and those are books that have come out from 1986 to today that are in collector condition. So it means that they're, the worst condition they're going to be is fine, but they go up to fine, fine to near mint. But they haven't been individually looked over and figured out, well, is this fine or is this very fine? Is this fine, very fine? Is it very fine near mint? You know, all those little categories in between fine and near mint. They haven't, they haven't been scrutinized that way. But we do, uh, you know, we're confident that they are at least fine condition. And then we have prices on that for, and they, they generally range from 4 to $8. Some of them might be a little less than four. Some of them are more than eight. I think I've seen as much as $12 on them. And it just depends on the desirability of the book. But we don't, we, the boss does not sit down and figure out exactly what kind of price should be on that book, what the exact grade is. So you've got this open, you know, sort of open-ended aspect of the modern catalog books. Okay, so the three categories. Now, where I was getting things goofed, when I was talking about how you can save on them. You'll save, if you're a member, you'll save 10% when you buy any of those books. You'll save 10%. Some of the books, if they've been on the shelves for um, four months or five months, I'm not sure which, they'll go to 20% to off. All right, so that means you'll save your 10%, and then you know, so it's a $10 book, it becomes $9 because you save your 10%. And then that $9 is then subjected to 20% off of that, which makes it, is it $7.20? <laughs> I think it makes it $7.20. So you can save that much on that book. So right. Now, that's that, that goes for reader, collector, and modern catalog. Now, in the modern catalog category, if they're on the shelves for another bit of time, which I don't know what it is, if they, an additional amount of time, they go up to that 30% off. So, 
you know, you get a $10 comic book, you get your 10% off, and this book has gotten to the 30% off level, so you get the 10% off, it's $9, and then you get 30% off of that, which is what, kids, folks, what is that? Does that make it $6? <laughs> and that's what you pay. Now, we used to have a category that went to 40%, but I just learned last night that we stopped that recently. That was just getting to be too deep of a cut. Well, the cut for us, we just, too deep a cut. So that's how it works. <laughs> so if you become a member, you can save some good money on it. Orders over $50 get free shipping. I think it's yeah, it's over $50 get free shipping. So we ship anywhere. We ship comic books to Canada. We ship them to Australia. We ship them anywhere. So look at it. Go to our website, nostalgiazone.com, and, you know, See what you need in there. You might find some some holes for your collection, or you might find some treasure that you, treasures that you didn't know you were looking for. Check them out. And if you're in the Twin Cities area, uh, Wednesday through Saturdays, the store is actually open from two to six for you know in-store traffic. We do most of our stuff mail order. You can order something online and come to the store and pick it up, or we can ship it out to you. So, if you want to check it out, this is nostalgiazone.com. Become a member. You'll get a couple emails a month giving you updates on the new uh, arrivals and such like that. So, so there you go. That's my commercial and a pedantic moment all wrapped into one. I think I got it all right. I hope I did. I'm sure my pedantic um, jerk face friend <laughs> let me know if I failed. So anyway, check if you're into comic books, check out our website, nostalgiazone.com. Okay, did I kill enough time there? Well, where am I at on the clock? Ooh, yes, I did tell, kill a bunch of time. Okay. Um, the other day, I was walking my dog. Little Edna. Oh, she's a sweetheart. She's cute. I, I took her in for her vaccinations. Uh, one for her, her booster shot for Lyme disease and the uh, first of the two... Uh, shots for the lepto vaccine, which I guess is, you know, if dogs get into something on the ground, you like drink some water of a puddle or something, they can get some kind of bad stuff through that or it can get on their feet. At first, I didn't think we'd get that because, you know, we watch our dog and she, we don't let her drink out of puddles and that. And then as I thought about it, because we got the first dose of the Lyme disease vaccine for her, and then I thought about it uh, while this, the, waiting for the second dose to go in, which was, we did that yesterday. I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, we can't really control everything she's getting at. And I, and, and I thought, you know what, let's get her that other vaccination too. Because we're pro-vax in our family. Pro-vax for us, pro-vax for our dog, we're pro-vax. You know, vaccination is a good thing. I just, you know, it's just, like I said, get your flu shot when the flu season start, comes around again and get your COVID vaccines if you haven't done so already. And there are other shots you need. Check with your doctor. Are you current with all your vaccinations? Get boosted if you need to. Get your shingles vaccine. My, my wife needs to get her second dose. She hasn't done it yet. And I got to say, hey, look, you got to call the clinic and get that set up and get that second dose for your shingles because you don't want to get shingles. So anyway, so brought the dog in <laughs> And, you know, she's just this cute little Japanese chin. I, I suppose I'll have to put a picture of her on the internet, uh, on the website, uh, on the on the show notes page. Go to dimland.com, click on the show notes slash blog open, you'll get to the blog, or the show notes. And, you know, I'll, put a, I'll have a picture of Edna up there. And uh, um, I bring her in, and there's two receptionists working, and one receptionist is walking by, and she looks at us, and she just says, oh, you're so cute. And I said, well, thank you. And the dog looks pretty good, too. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, and then they take the dog back to get the vaccination, and I and I'm sitting there waiting, and one of the assistants comes comes out from back there. She's got her phone in her hand, and she just comes up to me in a hurry. She sits in the chair next to me, and, and just by her demeanor, I knew it wasn't anything bad. But she sits next to me, and she says, "Oh, your dog is so cute. I had to show you this picture." She showed a picture of uh, a little video, actually of the dog uh, of Edna uh, you know in place to get ready for the vaccine and she's just tilting her head back and forth looking as cute as can be and I mean the dog just brings joy wherever she goes people smile at her they just, they they sometimes will comment they'll ask what kind of dog she is and just oh it's just it's she's every she's a hit everywhere she goes she's adorable and she knows it so anyway <clears throat> I was walking her the other day and uh, we're heading down the sidewalk and coming in our direction was a woman walking her dog and it was some kind of a bulldog I'm not sure which which kind of bulldog it was you know cool looking dog you know walking along coming in our direction uh, before we meet she turns off to into her yard with her dog and she goes up to the front step of her house and there's a bowl out there of water for the dog so the dog's drinking out of it and then we start to walk by and she looks over and says hi and she's and she says this to me about her dog she says, yep, she's just getting back from her first chiropractor appointment. <laughs> I, uh, I, oh, okay, have a nice day. And I walk along, and we got a certain distance away, and I, I turned to Edna, and I looked down to her, and I said, well, you know, I just couldn't bring myself to tell her that uh, chiropractic's bullshit. You know, especially for dogs. It's bullshit. All right. Okay. Okay. I should. I should. I should clarify. You know. I, I do understand that some studies have shown that chiropractic can have some benefit for lower back pain. You know, in adjusting the back. But it. I, it's as far as I know. It's there's there's nothing that it doesn't it doesn't unblock the flow of energy that some chiropractors will claim it does. It doesn't cure or treat asthma or cholera or you know any other diseases it's just it all it does at best is help with some lower back pain and from what i understand it doesn't help much better than a good massage so i would opt for the massage before somebody starts cracking your back i actually saw some video on youtube with this with a with a with a back surgeon looking at uh, um, chiropractors doing a, a a violent neck stretch of their patients. They put a little strap around their chin, and the do and the doctor gets behind them, and they're, they're the patient's laying on a table, and they pull and just snap, you know. And the and the patients, all women, for some reason, I th uh, all just went, oh, oh, well. And after it was over, it was like, oh, wow. And I just went. I just no, no, and the and the doctor didn't react. I wanted the doctor to react that way. No, 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 no. You don't do no. You don't do that to somebody's neck. No, you don't do that. There's arterial tears that are there that is a possibility, which can lead to a stroke and can really damage somebody or kill them. You know, it's it's you know it's rare. It's rare, but that's just. So the, the guy was watching, and I just he was not critical enough as far as I was concerned of it. But he is a doctor, so maybe he knows a little better than me. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But boy, everything I've learned from the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which is a podcast you should be listening to. If you're not, you should be. And that I've read on, on the blog that's run by one of the guys from the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, uh, Steve Novella, uh, the blog called Science-Based Medicine. You should be checking that out, too. And, you know, 
it's just no this is no this is this is no i've done things with my neck with traction because this is the surgeon kept saying the traction so this is traction well that's maybe but it's violent traction the traction that i understood was just like you know you just you just let yourself stretch for a little bit it's not violent it's not a sudden pull uh, it's kind of thing i've done traction for my neck where i get this elastic band thing that uh, i got from a physical therapist because i have a little narrowing between a couple vertebrae in my neck and and i do it where you know you put a little towel around the elastic band put the band around the doorknob and lay down the floor and put my head in such a way so that it's pulling at my neck a little bit and i just lay and i just relax for 10 minutes or so and that's to help open up that area a little bit so that you know you don't have the the neck pain and shoulder pain that i that i can get on occasion i've been pretty good i've gotten a shot in there that has helped and i'm, I'm you know it's pretty good so i don't do it as often maybe as i should but i do occasionally get the traction out and, and do that but it's not this violent pull at it this just looks wrong and according to the skeptics guide of the universe listen to them talk about about chiropractic and the, what's trying to be done and this really bothered me when I went to get my wisdom teeth, uh, one of my wisdom teeth pulled, went to a, a specific clinic that has, you know, you know, dental in it and, and other medical stuff in it, and walked in with my wife, uh, and down one hall, I looked, and above the, hall, the entrance to the hallway, it says chiropractic and acupuncture. And I said, what is that, the woo wing? I don't like to use woo on the show, you know, out of respect for the fact that I'm on a paranormal network and woo is pretty insulting to them, I guess. But, but that's, I mean, that's what I said. This is stupid. This, this leads to bullshit. What the fuck is this doing in here? I was really upset. You, know, you wonder why I have high blood pressure. So, listening to the SGU, they were talking about there's a sort of a move within real medicine when it comes to chiropractic to, to put chiropractic where it should be in like a physical therapy thing and limit it to what it does work on and that's lower back pain to limit it to that don't make any claims about any other stuff that it can do i, I my office when i was working at uh, uh, at the janitor place when i was the office manager there right next door in the same building right next door was a chiropractor really nice guy like the guy i think he's you know he believes in what he does he's not too out there he's not an anti-vax chiropractor guy because there are chiropractors out there that are anti-vax he's not that but he's got a bunch of goofball stuff within his in his in his you know ex his office you know red light stuff that's supposed to help do what i don't know and then some medallions that you can wear that have special crystals in them and says like, oh, shit that's that's just bullshit it's not doing anything so this lady tells me that their dog went to the chiropractor first visit to the chiropractor i should have said and i hope last because chiropractic's bullshit <laughs> but you know i don't know who she is and it's like you got to pick your battles right right and so uh, you know, because she might have sicked her dog on my dog, and I don't want that happening. Anyways, I just I looked into this thing. You know, to, like I've had somebody uh, um, I was talking about chiropractor being in general bullshit. So, oh, I don't know. My niece, my niece had a had a curvy spine, and the chiropractor straightened it out. And I I looked. It's not. I don't know, because I wasn't there. Didn't see it. I'm only getting that anecdote from this person I know. And, I, and I, I don't know, I just I suggest, well, maybe there were other interventions being done that might have had something to do with the, the spine straightening. Maybe, I said, because chiropractic on an infant, 
No! The skeletons haven't even fully formed yet. It's just, no! No, no, no! As, as, as Penn Jillette put it on his, uh, uh, his and Teller's, uh, you know, Penn and Teller bullshit, that show that they did when they did uh, a show about chiropractic, they, they had this chiropractor on there that would, would gently crack babies. And, and what did, how did Penn put it? Um, I think he called them, uh, called the, 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 uh, the doctor, in quotes, you hear my quotes? The doctor, a baby cracking motherfucker, and yeah, you don't don't crack babies. I'm wondering, and again, I don't know. Didn't, wasn't there? Don't know the whole details, but maybe there was a brace involved. Maybe the baby was when they would sleep, they would put it in a little brace that would help help straighten the spine. I don't know. I don't even know if the spine was really curved. And the chiropractor might have just said it was, and then he fixed it, or she. I don't know. And we got into talk about the placebo effect. And 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 the person I was talking to got in this this mode that was said, well, that's on them. That's on them if, you know, I, I said, you know, the placebo effect is it can it can make you feel like you're not having as much pain. I suppose that's okay, but it's not taking care of the underlying problem. And, and, and so this person I was talking to said, well, that's on them, on the person that's having the placebo effect. And I, I didn't get as deep into it as I would have liked, maybe. And, so, and I said, well, you know, you're blaming the victim now. Don't, the patient doesn't know. And if they think that this is working, they may forego other treatments that actually work because they feel better, but they're not better. I'm going to talk more about this when I get back from my break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'll be back shortly. to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did, it'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. Better still, ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run with those scissors, it's the least you can do. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. 
Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio. On ZTalkRadio.com. You're back if, if you haven't left. Uh, and this is Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. And I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I was talking a little bit about the, the uh, placebo effect and as it pertains to, you know, chiropractic. Um, you know, it's it's there. It's a, you, oh, I feel better. You know, and, and but that, this, I don't know. I'm not an expert on the placebo effect. So I sh- should be careful here. But when it comes to dogs, chiropractic on a dog, well, apparently... There is a placebo effect when it comes to animals. Uh, that it's not necessarily the animal that that is affected by the placebo. It's the owner, the caretaker. It's a caretaker placebo effect. If the caretaker, you know, their observations of the dog, and the, I'm just going to keep it the dogs at this for this point. And I'd say, oh, it's so much better. But they, when it's an objective test is done, and veterinarians can have the same thing. They can think, oh, the dog is so much better. They're walking, so their gait is so much better than it was. And then they do an objective test with some weights, whatever, and they find that, no, the dog is still in as much pain as it was. Its gait isn't any better. It's just that your observation of it, because you think something's being done, and, and it's just a placebo that's being done, uh, it, it, it's a placebo effect. There's something called the... the the Hawthorne effect, and that's part of, you know, the the it's a behavior uh, of the the caretaker of the animal, uh, knowing that they're being observed, like in a study. You know, they know they're in a study, and that half of the dogs in the study are getting the actual treatment, you know, medicine or some you know some injection, and and the other half is getting a placebo. They know that. But they also know that they're being observed in the study, so they may change the way they uh, deal with the dog's regular exercise. They may change in that, and then they just have this observation bias where they think, "Oh, the dog seems to be so much better," and the dog isn't any better. So you know, so I did, just chiropractic on a dog. Just boy, I tell you, you know, there's one thing chiropractic chiropractors and alternative medicine people can do. There's one thing they certainly can do, and that is drain your bank account. They're very good at that. That is one thing they can do. And before I leave this topic, remember, there's no such thing as alternative medicine. You know what they call alternative medicine that works? They call it medicine. There's no Western medicine. There's no Eastern medicine. There's nothing. It's just medicine. If it works, it's medicine. I have spoken. <laughs> there, it's settled, right? We're all going to be okay. Now I'm looking at this. I'm thinking, what am I going to? And what am I going to get to on this show? What am I going to be able to get to? Because I've only got like another hmm, six or seven minutes. I'm going to talk about this movie that I watched this past week. It's a Western. It's a newer Western. It's from 2016. 
stars Ethan Hawke and uh, and John Travolta. It also has Karen Gillan in it. If you don't know who Karen Gillan is, she uh, played Amy Pond in the Doctor Who series uh, with... Uh, I think she just was with Matt Smith in that one. When the, the Matt Smith was playing the Doctor, I think. Anyway, Amy Pond, you know, so she's that. She's also... Uh, she plays uh, uh, one of Thanos' daughters in, uh, in the Marvel... Uh, cinematic universe films, you know, the Avengers films and all that. She's in there. She's the blue gal. And she's been in other stuff. And she's a good actor. She's not very good in this movie. Because I don't think she's been given, you know, very good direction by the director who I forgot to write his name down. Ty something. And, um, I just, uh, the movie's called In the Valley of Violence. And I, I, I looked it up on uh, Wikipedia. I, I, I just was scrolling through Netflix, and I saw the thing there, and I thought, eh, I'm waiting for a ball game to start. This thing's only an hour and 45 minutes. A Western, I generally like Western, so I put it on, and I watched it, and I was like, I don't know. I just, huh. I, I, I looked on Wikipedia about the movie and how it was received, its reception. It got generally good view, reviews. Not great, but just, you know, like, yeah. And some, I said. I don't know, man. It's. I think that it was attempt. There was an attempt to make it be funny, like darkly funny. Uh, sort of like uh, Quentin Tarantino's films have, uh, you know, some dark humor to it. And I think they were trying to do that. But this is any attempt at humor in this movie. Every attempt at humor in this movie fell flat. Did not land. Nothing landed. There was the humor. It was it was just it. I it just came across as being stupid. One, it came across as being a little too anachronistic, being too modern. You know, the language was too modern. It wasn't 1880s or whenever this movie was set. But I always think you know, if it's a western and they don't tell me what year it is, I figure it's 1880. <laughs> yeah, and it, so it's it's just it's. They had those problems. There was an actor that played this character named Gilly that was so over the top. He's this—he's uh, the son of the t of the town marshal. He's a deputy marshal. The town marshal is played by uh, by uh, John Travolta, and Ethan Hawke plays the stranger, who's 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 right, who's passing through with his dog, who is the kind of dog that a friend of mine thinks that all dogs should be like absolutely trained to do everything they're told immediately and never deviate from that. And if your dog doesn't do that, you're a bad dog owner. Well, I got news for you. <laughs> Even the dogs that are really, really well trained are still dogs, and they still do things that dogs do, no matter how well they're trained. That's why you have to keep them on a leash when you walk them. With a harness, don't use the collar. That chokes the dog. Use a harness. It's better It's better for the dog. It's better to control it and all that. Anyway, you still need to do that. No, no, this dog, if you tell it to heal, it'll heal. It'll stay right there. If you tell it to stay, you stay there. It will stay there for days until you sell it, tell it to move. No, that's only in movies. And there are some dogs that are really well trained and will stick around in their spot that they're told to stay in. But they're still dogs. And they're still going to do things that dogs do. You know, they may, my dog, you know, I'm a bad dog owner, according to my friend. But what do you mean? We're still friends. <laughs> I, I, my dog will not heal if I tell it to heal, because I haven't t t taken the time to teach it to heal. But I have a leash, and I make it heal 
by moving the leash into place. I don't use those long distance leashes. I hate those. I, if you like them, please consider getting an actual leash, one that's like five feet long or six feet long, and just use that. This, I'm sorry if I'm insulting you, if you feel bad about this, but I'm, it's just lazy dog ownership to me. To me. And I, I know you may be a terrific dog owner and your dog may be fantastic and, and you really care for your dog and love your dog and all that. But using those retractable leashes that go out 15, 20 feet so you can be on the walking path and your dog can be half a mile away from you. Well, I got on a leash. Yeah, it's it doesn't retract like the you know, like the cord on a, on a vacuum cleaner when you press the retract button for the cord and it whips right back in. It doesn't quite work that way. Have your dog closer to you. It's better for the dog, it's better for you, it's better for the people around you and the dogs around you if you have a little bit better control on your dog. And the long-distance leashes, they may be retractable. I just, they're a bad idea. I think they're a bad idea. I'd ask you to reconsider them if you got them. If you think they're still good, okay, fine. But I just don't like them. And I use an actual leash on my dog. So anyway, the guy and his dog ride into this town. Now we're told, and that's this is what the movie does. It does a lot of telling and not showing. We're told that this town is a den of iniquity. There's a there's a preacher that the stranger meets up with. Now the stranger does have a name, gives a name, but that's now come on, let's stick with the Western trope of having the no name stranger. I like that. Let's not give him a name. So I'm just gonna call him the stranger. The stranger meets up with this preacher who's a drunk who's going to this town to save it. The town's named Denton. Denton, that's what it's called. He's going to see you bring God to the town. Oh, great, that'll help. And, and so, okay, we find out about that, and the stranger rides in the town with his dog, and there's nobody that lives there. There's like 10 people in the town. And, and, and John Travolta plays the marshal of this town, and we're supposed to get the idea that he rules it with an iron fist. He has his ways of putting it together. It's my town. Everybody kowtows to my way, right? We're told that, but we're not shown it. We have, we have to be told it. We're, we're told that's, that this area that the town is in is called the, the Valley of Violence. But we're not really shown that it's the Valley of Violence. There's, there's stuff that happens that's violent, but it doesn't. There's no establishment that this town is, is lawless or or a den of iniquity or or just you know uh, ruled under an iron dictator. We're never really shown that. And like I said, there's only like ten people that live there. There's, you do. It's like they did not have a budget to get enough people in the town. Well, compare that to a movie I just watched this week, uh, Thursday night. It's called uh, Rough Night in Jericho, and it stars Dean Martin and George Pappard and Gene Simmons. Not the rock star, the actress. So, it, and that movie I had never heard of, but my friend who has the show Time Geek, uh, no, Film Geek Time Machine, they reviewed it one week, and he said, you guys want to watch this? I said, yeah, it sounded interesting when you guys reviewed it on your show. You should check out their podcast, Film Geek Time Machine. It's, it's pretty good. Be aware, be, be aware that the volume goes up and down a bit. <laughs> just, just be aware. So that one had a... It wasn't a town marshal, but Dean Martin plays a bad guy, which I don't think he's ever done in movies, or hardly ever does in movies. Like like Henry Fonda hardly ever played a bad guy. Dean Martin hardly ever played a bad guy. So he plays a bad guy in this movie. 
He was a good guy, but he kind of became corrupted because he owns the town, or at least 51% of it, of almost everything in the town. And he runs it. And you get you understand that. And there are people in the town. And you understand that the town is under his heel. You get that. The movie shows it to you. You understand it. Not only does it tell you, but it shows how he runs the town. But this movie in the, in the, in the Valley of Violence doesn't show how John Travolta runs the town. There is one good scene between, uh, uh, between the marshal and the stranger. Now, there was a, the, the stranger had a run-in with the marshal's son, the deputy marshal, the guy that's over-the-top angry and all the violent or whatever. They had a, they had a run-in with each other where the stranger got the upper hand. You know, sucker punched him, kind of. You know, it was like he's being called out for a fight. Not a gunfight, but an actual fist fight. The guy, the deputy takes off his gun. He tells his guys, you're not going to interfere. This is going to be a fair fight. Come on, stranger, come on. And, you know, so the stranger comes out carrying a bowl in his hand. It was a bowl for water to give his dog. He came out only after the uh, deputy started to threaten the dog. So because he wasn't going to come out of the saloon he was in, he was like, "Yeah, fuck you. I'm not interested in you, and you're not. You're not. You know, I'm not. I'm not bothering your shit." But starts threatening the dog, who's waiting outside dutifully, as dogs don't usually do, and goes out carrying the bowl, walks up to the guy, throws the bowl at the guy. You know, the deputy catches the bowl, and then the stranger punches him right in the face, knocking him out one punch. Actually, it was a pretty good scene. Pretty good shot, handled pretty well, I thought. Then there's a scene between where where John Travolta's character is introduced into the film. He's the town marshal. He's an older guy. He's got a wooden leg from some something. And there's this talk. This has happened after the encounter with his son and the stranger. And he says, look, there's not going to be any reprisals. There will be no prosecutions. It was a fair fight. You, you know, my son needed that. He had it coming. Uh, but I'm going to have to have you leave town. You're going to have to move on. You were come, you were just moving through, and I want you to do that. Nothing will happen to you. You won't have any problems and all that. And that's that's the thing. And uh, there was a moment in there where the martial character susses out the stranger. He says, "I you know saw the saddle on your horse, and I saw the kind of rifle you have on your horse. You're you're a cavalryman or you're a soldier. You know, but judging by the scar on your on your face and and your demeanor." I think you're a deserter. I think you left your men. You know, you must have seen some. You've seen some horrible shit. You must have done some stuff. You know, fought in the Indian Wars, and that kind of thing. And that moment was actually pretty good. It's, he's 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 detecting things about the stranger. He's we're getting a backstory about the stranger from somebody who's just kind of kind of like doing a Sherlock Holmes on him to get the backstory. And that was kind of good. Uh, I I thought that was a good moment. And then. Well, the stranger leaves town with the dog and thinks that, oh, yeah, the, the, the marshal's a man of his word and his son is not going to come after me. Didn't, didn't read the character of the son. They said, of course he's going to come after you with his buddies and they're going to do some nasty stuff to you. They kill his dog. Spoilers, I'm sorry, but they kill his dog and they throw him over a cliff, which we don't really get to see it. They just drop him. They don't, they don't even really set it up very well that they're dropping him off a cliff. Well, they're not. it's not a cliff. It's a steep hill. And he didn't get hurt at all. The next morning, he wakes up, and he goes into town to exact his revenge. Some pretty, you know, violent moments there happens, and there's the the climactic moment between the the the, the marshal, the marshal's son, and the stranger. 
the two, the sun is at one end of the road, and the stranger's at the other, and they got their guns drawn on each other, and the marshal is standing in between them, and he's trying to get them to not do this. Don't do this. And the son is still goading the stranger and goading the stranger and whatever. And the stranger's still pissed that they killed his dog. He didn't quite go John Wick on him, but it was close. And the the way a moment plays out in the movie is that the son and the stranger start shooting. Just start shooting. And they shoot up the marshal. And then I think the son gets killed at some point. And, and, the, and, and, and the stranger gets hurt, but then he rides on. And what, I, you know, I, uh, what I would have wanted to see happen it's that whole time that the marshal's trying to convince them, don't do this, don't do this, that the stranger just slightly shifts position a little and shoots past the marshal and beans the sun right in the head. Boom. Takes him out. I would have preferred that. It would have been a darker moment. It would have been something. And and the marshal and you know and the marshal would keep his word. <laughs> and and it wouldn't go after him or something like that. I, I it's the movie just didn't work. And there's humor elements in there that just didn't work. There's a character in there that they call Tubby because he's a little heavy. And there's a running, uh, not a joke in it, but there's a running uh, statement made where the marshal keeps telling us, once, once the violence is starting to kind of happen in the town, he keeps telling Tubby to get away from the window. Don't stand by the window. Tells him twice... It is the setup, and then finally there's, there's this point where, where Tubby, is now it's like he's 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 not I'm not going along with this I'm not in on this he drops his gun they're inside this building he drops the gun the marshal is standing on the other side of the room cowering and trying to convince Tubby. To, you know, to just be a man stand up you you said you'd do this and Tubby's like no and then he says and I'm not Tubby my name's Lawrence and all this and I'm like what why it do, and and then it just leads up to the moment where the marshal says and would you then you know god damn it get away from the window and then he gets shot Tubby gets shot boom dies I would have cut out all that Tubby stuff and his name is Lawrence and all the begging and all this stuff and just, just have him say, look, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this for you. I'm, and then Tubby drops his gun and, and the marshal says, look, you know, tries to him and then just says, God damn it, for Christ's sake, for the last time, get away from the wind and don't even finish the word window. Just get away from And then boom, he gets shot and killed. That would have been better for me. I don't know. It's on Netflix. It's streaming. Not for free. Oh, I hate it when people say it's streaming for free on something. If you have to pay for the service, it's not free. There's stuff streaming for free on YouTube. You have to watch commercials, but it's free there. That's free. You don't have to have a subscription to YouTube. So anyway, it's just, it's in the Valley of Violence. The acting isn't great. Um, Karen Gillan was not given a great character to play with it's just i think the direction failed her a little bit and some of the other characters travolta's okay and i don't know it just uh, it didn't work for me maybe it'll work for you good night good night frau blucher you know i wish i'd hit that button more crisply and <laughs> get it to happen just after i finished talking instead of that gap anyway uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And remember, 
the sleep of the lights off. This is your host, Jim, Jim Dr. Yen. We'll see you next week. I said sleep of the lights, didn't I? I did. We'll do it. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. What? 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 What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Well, I'm going to hell.